Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you, and then everyone else will believe you too. And if it looks like you're the only believer around, just keep on believing, don't put yourself down, just believe. Our guest this week grew up in Columbus, Indiana, and earned a BS in business international business economics from Purdue University. From 1988 to 1990, he sold books for Southwestern Publishing Company. And since 1991, he's been a professional clothier haberdasher for Tom James Company. One of the greatest salespeople I've ever met in my life. His name, John Burke. And I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to John Burton, who's been a friend for 35 years and one of the greatest salespeople I've ever met in my life. John, welcome. An honor to have you. Thank you, Jack. Can we start by talking about your childhood, Columbus, Indiana, your mom and your dad? Absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, born uh, Steve and Nan Burton. Um, uh, it's my dad was an engineer with Cummins Engine Company, and my mom was in the women's clothing business with my grandfather. So that's kind of where I got the taste of fashion and excitement and fabrics and and being around the whole fashion industry. What's the biggest thing you learned from mom, other than clothing, mm. and what's the biggest thing you learned from dad? My mother was definitely the fashion uh, a part of the business, but also it was the service, because my grandfather was all about service. He was one man surrounded by 35 women in, in a women's clothing store. One, he didn't ever complain. He always served the customer, taught me that, taught me about your word is everything, that if you say something, you you go beyond to, to over... Uh, exceed that expectation and so my mom was from that same kind of pun the word you know the cloth and my dad he was an engineer he was simple in the sense of hard working did his job worked with you know didn't he not much of a talker my mom was quite the talker that's where I got that from uh, as well was her gift to gab and so Again, I was very lucky to be raised in that. You're childhood. a quintessential salesperson. What kind of jobs did you have as a kid? Well, I, I waxed cars. I went and, and picked up cars at customers' houses and because and, and, I always loved automobiles. My uncle John got me that, kind of got the taste of that. He was into Porsches and that kind of of car and European automobile. And so I would pick up cars and fix, you know, and drive them back. And so I had that. I, uh, I did odds and ends around the neighborhoods. I'd pick up trash on the road and, you know, just weird things. And then, and then obviously that was in high school, going to Culver Military Academy was, a was, a, an opportunity that the Henderson family at Cummins Engine gave me Toots Henderson and Jim Henderson allowed me to go to Culver, and uh, and that's kind of where all that started. Culver Military Academy, Culver, Indiana. Mm -hmm. I've heard about it an awful lot, special. I think that's where Notre Dame goes to kind of 
spring ball. Mm. Tell us about this Culver Military Academy. Well, I was very lucky. Uh, we didn't come from a lot of money. We just uh, but we knew a lot of people, and they I was able to get there on a scholarship. It's a, a tremendous Ivy League school, Northern Indiana, uh, in the middle of um, on Lake Maxincucky, one of the uh, beautiful lakes, uh, Wawasee. Most people know that it's kind of a twin lake to Lake Wawasee in Northern Mich- uh, Lord, Northern Indiana, and it's a military college preparatory school, uh, and it's it, the history of it is exceptional in the sense of the people that have gone there, um, the teaching elements there. But again, college preparatory school, rode horses um, eight hours a day. I was into big into horses at that time and horsemanship and playing polo and doing fencing. And it really gave me a taste of what was out there. It got me out of Columbus and allowed me to see the world at a very small, minute level in, in high school. And then it got you to Purdue University, mm-hmm. and you graduated, got a degree there, and then from 88 to 90, you had a stint selling books from Southwestern Publishing Company. Mm-hmm. Talk about that chapter. It was a, that was a, tra- you know, direct selling books door-to-door is a, probably the hardest, well, that I know of, uh, type of selling there is. One, the amount of rejection, 60, 70, 80 times a day hearing no, and it really gave me that tough skin, so to speak, kind of adapted me to um, the commission lifestyle, uh, but also the action, the, the meeting different people. So I had a chance to go all across the country to, you know, Pennsylvania, New York, and Texas, and I got to meet the kind of wife I wanted to to marry, the type of wife I did not want to marry, uh, the type of husband I wanted to be. So really, and just families, and you know, it was books that were children-based books. So you got to chant, you know, you were dealing with young children. It was just really exciting opportunity. Okay, we're talking to John Burton. John, tell us how John Burton sold. In 1988. Well, I was probably very, uh, how should I say, aggressive. I would think that you know, there's an evol- as you evolve and you 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 hone your craft. In the beginning, it was basic, just tenacity, perseverance, and probably pushy, too pushy. I would think you know, it's that was kind of how I sold in the beginning, and then as you learn and you evolve, you then. You adapt um, your type of selling style to more listening and serving the customers, and and seeing that is a lot longer relationship building process as far as sales versus the beginning. It's turn and burn type of thing, which is not that gratifying. It's hard to look yourself in the mirror. And you mentioned rejection. That sometimes there'd be sixty calls in a row, all you heard was no. Mm-hmm. I did a little selling in my time. I'm still trying to sell. We're all trying to sell, every one of us. Everybody's a salesperson, yes. So you've had 50 in a row no's, but when you go in front of that 51st you know, prospect, you got to come across as you've just been Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Mm. Mm. How do you do that, John? Well, I think that it's the whole process of selling is a 
I'm not sure a brainwashing of yourself, but a philosophy and that you're one more no, you're that much closer to a yes and and believing that and that's a game of numbers. There were many times when I wanted to give up and the next person I talked to ended up buying. Ended up and it and that happened many, many, many times. So you develop that thick skin that way. Everybody that's listening tonight is in for a treat. This is a free Harvard MBA class on selling and salesmanship. This is a world-class salesperson, John Burton. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Crisula. We're with John Burton. And for the last 32 years, he's been a professional clothier haberdasher for Tom James Company. John, you've met, you've hired a lot of salespeople. You've sold to a lot of salespeople. What do all great salespeople have in common? They are wonderful listeners. They listen to what the customer wants and then serves their expectation and what they desire. That's probably it in a nutshell that I've learned over the years is listening skills. You are a phenomenal listener and you not only listen with your ears, but more importantly, you listen with your eyes. Really? Yeah, yeah that's, I. well, especially in visual being in the clothing business, but it's also, it's important to watch Signals, but not in the sense of manipulating, but just in the sense of, am I going down the right path? Am I am I uh, uh, feeling the needs of this person, this customer? And it, and that's part of the listening side. And most salespeople, especially when I started in the beginning, worried so much about what I was going to say, worrying so much about my own perspective, uh, that I didn't listen to what the client wanted. And then, and one of the worst thing to do is. What I've seen very base, very simple salespeople is that they they don't listen, and and it's it's pretty obvious at the bat, right off the right off the bat, is that it's listening skills takes a very high level of self-image to perform. Not always have I had that. You know, you develop that I think over time. Cheryl, I'm sure you're going to listen to this. You're married to a phenomenal listener. By his own admission. Okay. <laughs> Not sure if she would <laughs> All right, we won't go there. Uh, there's a young person or an old person that says, I want to learn how to sell. John Burton, what should I do? Well, I would highly recommend they go and pick the hardest type of selling there is, which is direct selling. If it's Cutco knives, if it's selling books door to door, if, if it, it's knocking on door canvassing in politics, I think that gives you the 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 road of hard knocks, which is necessary because dealing with rejection is difficult. It's what you do in between the sales, dealing with your mental, you know, your mental capacity. Do you time on your own dealing with your own mental issues is where most of salespeople derail. They don't continue to become great because it takes a long time and I'm still aspiring to become a great salesperson. All right. Then there's some listeners tonight that say, John, Jack, I admire what you do, Mr. Burton, 
but I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> Let me correct you. Every one of us is a salesperson. We're all selling every day to our spouse, kids, team at work, etc., etc. Um, and the greatest salesperson who ever walked the face of the earth, John, was Jewish, a carpenter, and he only sold for three years. He had no sales manual. He had no threads. 2,000 years later, a couple people, couple billion people keep claimed to be buying what he was selling. Talk about that. Every one of us is a salesperson. Well, I think, no, you're always, you're selling yourself. I don't like using absolutes, but you're selling yourself in regards to the message, what you're about, your skill set. And, and I tell my, I have three girls and, and I'm telling them, as you said, everyone is a salesperson. Is it if it's getting into college, if it's getting an interview in a, in, with a job, is, is selling your product, but even selling yourself to a, your potential spouse. I mean, it's there is a form of salesmanship. And again, selling you as a human being properly, is, that's, that's what it's all about. And, and I think, as you brought up, I think the greatest salesperson was was you know, Jesus, and he was a phenomenal listener. I mean, he was the perfect example of what we're talking about. Amen. All right. 1991, you quit selling books and you go to work for this company called Tom James Company. How and why? Well, the founder of the Southwestern Publishing Company, Spencer Hayes, had had probably 51 different businesses around that all kind of supported themselves. He, does, he started Tom James Clothing Company because he, one, loved clothing, and two, he didn't. He kept losing these great salespeople to other companies out there. So he started developing companies that he could keep them within the family, so to speak. And so that's the reason I went to work for Tom James Oxford Clothing. 1966 is when Spencer Hayes started it. Iconic almost like a father to you. What's the biggest thing you learn from Spencer Hayes? Well, what you put into the lives of other people comes back into your own was a, a saying that he used to say. And he also had a business card that said salesman on it. That was, and even though he was a multi-billionaire, self-made, he had a card that said salesman. And he was a, a wonderful listener, but also really saw people for what they could become and saw them that way, which is very difficult, especially when you're a young punk college kid thinking that you know everything and that there is to, to know out there and seeing that person for what they could become in the future is pretty credible and I think uh, an incredible character trait of his. Over the last 35 years, many, many times you've called me and left a message. Jack, this is your humble haberdasher, John Burton. Growing up on the south side of Chicago, we didn't have no haberdashers, okay? <laughs> What's the origin of that word, and what is a haberdasher? Well, a haberdasher is an English term, as I understand it, English term, and a haberdasher is someone who deals with all facets of clothing, other than hats. And so it's someone who is a butler in regards to, or a concierge to someone's closet, to um, uh, organizing and putting colors together, to understanding colors of someone, uh, and, and accessorizing things properly. And then also talking to them about 
how proper dress and when's appropriate. Because today, especially uh, more than any time, I think, and it always seems like people need assistance with the, how they look and how they're putting things together. We're talking to John Burton. When we come back, we're going to ask him to talk about the Tom James Company. And John, the closest thing or word I ever heard to haberdasher on the south side of Chicago was hamburger helper. <laughs> that was a, a big treat for us. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Crisula. We're with John Burton. If you want to learn more, www.tomjames.com. Since 1966, the Tom James Company has been a leader in custom suits, shirts, dresses, other custom garments for the modern professional. So with that light up, tell us about Tom James Company. Well, our motto is that we come to you, and that's something that started with Spencer Hayes, that he always wanted to, he wanted to dress well, unfortunately, based who he was. It was not always safe for him to go out and shop. Oh, or he didn't have time um, to go and shop, so he developed this concept of going to the customer. And it was we were the really the first at this level company to actually go to a customer and bring them clothing, be it ready-made, what's off the peg, or custom. And so that's that he started that, and he loved clothing, saw a need, and he developed it. All right, I quote you now. It's often said. We have just six seconds to make a first impression. Well, I mean, we've heard that the saying before, but it's, it, you know, dressing still sends a message. One, you take pride in, and are your shoes shined? Do you take pride in how your 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 garments look? Um, it, it doesn't matter what level. It doesn't have to be just a suit or a tuxedo. It can be your casual wear, your jeans, your tennis shoes, your your whole overall look. It sends a message of, of, of who you're all, what you're all about, and do you take pride in yourself? Um, and it's also a sign of respect to someone else that you dress, you overdress because you can always bring it down to make it more casual. But it is a sign of respect to someone else. Your appearance, do you take pride in that? We're talking to John Burton, Tom James. Their motto is, we come to you with fine clothing. www.tomjames.com All right, another quote. I focus on the customer first. Well, when, when you do that, it, it, it makes it a lot more enjoyable because you're not operating from your own mindset and, and yourself. So you're focused on what that customer is needing and wanting and not always is it the same. Some people, they require that the fit is very important. Other times, it's service is super important. Other time, it might just be do what you say and deliver on that. It, it, so you have to listen and, and, and listen to what that customer is desiring. Speaking of which, paint for us a picture of your typical customer, even though there is no typical customer. Please. Someone who's very busy. Um, who doesn't always 
have the time to go and shopping, as I mentioned before, but it's also something that maybe doesn't like to shop at all, that it's a necessary evil. Um, but Or the person who loves, wants to look better, but they don't know how. So there is kind of a, across the board different types, but I would say it's someone who understands value in regards to something, a product, be it time-saving, be it quality, be it price, kind of all rolled together. All right. How and why do you qualify your customers? Well, not everybody. I mean, time is money today in both perspectives. And not everybody understands what this is all about. Some people, they want to do this, but maybe they don't have the means yet. Or they have the means yet, but they don't understand what it's all about or they don't respect what it's all about. So you just have to kind of ask where people are in that moment. You don't ever want to turn anyone off because as a saying I used to say, that I used to tell to myself a lot is the, the mighty oak will grow from the small acorn. You just don't ever know what someone might develop. I have customers that I met them when they were in their 20s and now running Fortune 500 companies. And I just try to treat them with respect as I wanted to be treated. So you never know what kind of customer, or maybe they'll come back around later, if that makes sense. All right. The write-up, part of the write-up for Tom James Company talks about fashion tips. Always make a statement, good or bad. Be remembered. Always overdress for any occasion. Never settle for second best. Always buy the best. Make your style your own, and always keep an open mind to exceed your best. I mean, that, that, you live that every day, John. Mm, yeah, that's I, I totally agree with that. And and again, it's respect to yourself, as I mentioned. Is and are you showing respect to other people that you're coming in contact with? I think that's, I think the pride, in what you just read. How can you not? Even if you're in a bad space in the morning, because sometimes people are morning people, some people are not. It gets you off the right foot. Again, it's a mindset. It's, I don't want to say brainwashing, as I mentioned before, but it's a mindset affirming yourself, et cetera, and that's what that is, affirmations. All right. Once again, part of that was always buy the best. My mom and dad, Slovakia, we didn't have much money. You know, you met my dad, <laughs> lucky buddy, a mailman. Mm -hmm. They used to speak in Slovak when they didn't want us or when they wanted to stress something. And one thing that they drilled into us was Lasinia Davakrat Platsene. Literally, that means inexpensive twice paid. And they would say, mm -hmm. My mom, Jackie, we're too poor to buy cheap. <laughs> Mr. Burton, we didn't buy often, but when we bought clothing or a piece of furniture, we bought quality. They used to say, otherwise you're just leaking the money down the drain. Talk about Lasinia de Vakrat Platsene. We have different levels in our company, different levels of cloth, but we've, uh, but we've prided ourselves, and what Spencer Hayes prided themselves is always give above and beyond quality for whatever the price with us. And so we put an immense amount of money back. We develop... We're a 98% vertically integrated company, so we own the, the fabric mills, we make the garments, we, 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 so the whole process we control. So we put a lot of money back into the quality. 
So no matter what level you purchase, we wanted we wanted people to come back to us because of quality. So that's why we put a lot of money into our product. Exactly what you're saying. Pay for quality. And 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 that's that's what we do. So again, I agree with I've I've purchased inexpensive things thank, thinking I was getting a great deal. Well, when it falls apart, I don't remember you know the price. I just remember I'm not happy. And so yes, you said you pay twice. All right, you mentioned the process in this previous mm-hmm. answer. You get somebody says, "Come and see me." Mm-hmm. Walk us through the process. So after qualifying, just to kind of what they're looking for, are they looking more for casual clothing and looking more for dress clothing? So we'd go to the appointment, sit down, introduce them to the company. First off, ask them questions of what they're looking for. Do they want to take their closet from a, a, from a you know, where do, is their closet rank, ranked from a one to 10? Do they want to, if it's a five to six, what could make it go up to a, an eight or a nine? Can we go up a couple steps? What would that look like? Asking them what they are expecting. Um, I, I do try to get the spouse involved because I think more input is better uh, in the sense of what that person might be looking for. And, I, and because tip sometimes the, the main person I'm dealing with is way off base and the spouse is just tired of how shabby her spouse is looking and or him or her and so i always value a lot of input and it Mr. makes it more Mr. enjoyable Burton, we got to be totally honest okay this is you know, a christ Center show sometimes the spouse has input i mean the reality is if the wife's there or the lady's there uh she makes the decision. You better be listening. Yes, you happy better be. wife, happy life. Yes. Okay. Um, so when you've got the spouse, the lady, wanting one thing, and the guy, very great athlete or very consummate business person, they're fighting amongst each other. Mm-hmm. How how do you be the person in the middle? Well, Mike, Mike, many things. I think back when I sold books that about compromise, you just try to find a, a very happy, simple medium. It might be just, you know, let's try a navy solid suit. Let's do a blue blazer and a slack combination. Let's get the process started. So that way we just keep everything calm. And so you just, you try to keep things enjoyable and fun. This is, this is not rocket science. This should be an enjoyable process. We're talking to John Burton for the last 35 years. He's had two main areas of focus, Southeast Michigan and Chicago. How many miles per year do you put on that vehicle? Well, I, I say I drive back and forth. It's just simpler to back and forth to Chicago and here. And 60,000, I mean, easy. Um, you know, so that's, I enjoy driving, so that does help. So we're talking to John Burton www.tomjames.com And I'm Jack Rasula and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Jack Rasula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. 
and Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Crisula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to John Burton, one of the greatest salespeople I've ever met, and also one of the hardest working people I've ever met. So, John, you go to meet the person either at their office, their home, whatever. You know, you drive to Chicago, you go to Gross Point, whatever. One week, you had 76 meetings. Friends, he's there for half an hour, hour, talking to the wife, etc., showing fabric. But then he's got to drive to the next one. You might have worked 100 hours that week. You're still working 60, 70, 80-hour weeks, John. Right, Cheryl? Uh, <laughs> why? Well, I think it's not, it's not the destination. It's the journey, and that's what's most enjoyable. I think what's, it, what's – I mean, I want my girls. My girls are still young. I want them to see the example of, of what hard work can get you, uh, not to settle. Uh, my wife doesn't really want me home. <laughs> we learned that during everything. She'd rather me working. So when are you leaving again? You know. But anyway, but I, I mean that in a nice way. But as far as it's, it's something, it's enjoyable. Like I said, the journey is is the is the fun, and so aspiring how I can get better and still searching to be the best I can be. So it gets me up every day. Well, Cheryl married you for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, but not for lunch. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. Um, Jack, buy a suit, buy slacks, a sport coat that stands out, classy. So I own two suits with a special stripe. They both say anything is possible. Well, I think that that's... A philosophy of life and it's an affirmation that you're wearing when you wear the suit and people come up to you and they and you, they repeat exactly what that you you want to the message you want to send so you're affirming yourself just with that striped piece and it's and that, like i said i think you should dress as best you can based upon your means take pride in in the way you look it doesn't mean just in a three-piece formal you know three-piece suit or a formal tuxedo but even casual clothing Take pride in it. Um, It's very subtle, the stripe. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Another thing that you've done for me is every shirt I own has my signature on the left cufflink. Well, you know, it's funny. I I do it. It's details. It's back to the details. Shine shoes, details, if it's a French cuff, signature monogram. But the details matter. It sends a message of what kind of individual you are. And never know when you forget your, like it's happened to me, uh, at an airport, and they let me on the plane with my signature. And and I now they had to do some additional screening, but they, they loved the, the signature. And, and so 
you can have fun with things, but details matter. All right. Your clients mainly are Southeast Michigan and Chicago. You've been the haberdasher for 35 years for many of the biggest business leaders, sports stars in those two areas, thousands of them. What have they taught you, John Burton? Well, you meet your heroes in, in many regards that, that they are the people that are the most successful are the ones that are most down to earth. So when you meet your hero and they're down to earth, um, it, it's pretty nice that, that, that people are people. It doesn't matter what where they come from. Um, they all put their pants on the same way. And I think they taught me working hard, just like my grandfather did, work hard, aspire to be the best, and and enjoy the process because if you are the best at what you do and you love what you do, then life moves on and you'll make a tremendous amount of money. It's The goal is not necessarily the money that people have taught me. The goal is to have the most fun and do the best you can do with what you love. Every salesperson sells three things in a certain order. First is themselves, then the company, organization, and finally the service or product. How do I sell myself? Well, I think you take, a, that's a good question. So sell myself. It's that one you say, you're going to do what you say is a very important element. Now, some people you just met for the first time and you, they don't know if you're going to deliver on what you say. Most salespeople, they, they talk too much. But the mere fact if they listen more, that's, that's just one element, how they can sell themselves or how you can sell yourself. Listening and asking the proper questions to the client, to the customer, man or woman. Um, what do you want? What, do you, what can I do? What can I eliminate? The hassle, the inconvenience. They talk too much. A lot of salespeople, they've got eight points that they want to get across to pitch to you. I used to always say, if the person's ready to buy after the second one, shut up. <laughs> Open the pen. Let them buy. Right. Because you've had salespeople, Mark, where you wanted to buy. They won't let you buy. <laughs> and you get ticked off, and you I'm going to buy from this guy. we got one mouth and two eyes and two ears. So How do I know, John, when the guy's or the person's ready to buy? If they're asking questions and they're like, okay. You know, they say, okay. I mean, just... It's sometimes as simple as that. But it's also if they're as excited as you are, if you're transferring your feelings of enthusiasm towards something, if it's that you really are excited about showing somebody that you, this is a fabulous fabric or a great look, or look what we can do with this outfit, be it in your car that you have, et cetera, and they are with you, again, listening, you'll see it. All right, the only constant is change in life. In 2015, Tom Jaynes decides we have to invest more in women's custom clothing. Well, the women's line, it's amazing that our, we have studied. And, well, one thing is our sales force, our sales group, is 65% women now. So we obviously had to have clothing that they could wear. And they are going to, from all ages, from 20 
three years old salesperson all the way up to 60, 65, 80 year old salespeople that wanted fashion. And so we had to provide that for them. But the other is there's not a lot of quality women's clothing out there. And we've determined and, and women executives are desiring this more than men sometimes. I mean, they time is money back to the whole concept of convenience and that things don't fit. Women's women change sizes, etc. And getting a style that's one classic, timeless, that accessorizes well is right up a woman's desire. So it's, it's it was a natural move and it's been tremendous. You've heard the word no hundreds of thousands of times. Easy. Clark Durant believes the sale doesn't begin until you hear the word no. <laughs> That's Clark Durant. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you do when you hear no. I have a philosophy that if you hear the word no, then I just didn't appeal properly. I'm not selling myself or my service yet. John Burton, you are the best. And uh, thanks for being a great friend, helper for 35 years. Thank you for the relationship. It's been a lot of fun in serving you. Please join next Saturday. Until then, I'm Jack Rasula. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn. Believe in yourself.